Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where Home Sweet Home is the name of the game this week. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. Uh, not a lot has changed for me. No, we're we're home still, as is yeah. most of you, as are most of you, as is most are, of the yeah. world. I had a couple thoughts there, there and go. I blended them together. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way of the world this week. So we want to talk a little bit about what we've been doing, just kind of like geekery catch up, and like, what are we doing when we're stuck at home during this pandemic? And... Yeah, uh, but before we get into that, you know, and it's kind of just an expanded geekery, but also just, you know, we're, we're a little bit more confined than normal. Um, I did want to mention that I feel like I'm addicted to the news in a really bad way. And that's probably <laughs> yeah, something that too. I've been... Yeah, like I've been spending way too much time on it. Yeah, oh, oh man, the, the number of apps that I've just downloaded or the time I've spent through just like scrolling through Facebook for different news stories and like it's it's not healthy for me. The amount of the amount of news and uh and just different reporting that I've I've consumed over the last week. Yeah, and I mean, it's like we all want direction. We all want to know what's going on, and it's just, it's probably bad. I probably should not be looking at the news as much as I am, but I keep doing it anyway. It's like, you know, I put the news away. I'm like, I shouldn't look at that for a while, and then I look at it again. And, yep. uh, you know, I'm not going to beat up myself too much about it because I feel like everybody's in this situation, but that's why we want to talk about other things, other things that we have been doing, <laughs> other things you could be doing to look away from the news and kind of dive into. Um, so, yeah, yeah, what have you been doing? Well, one of the things about this, like, like Jennifer was talking to me about this last week and uh, just stuff like this is when we need to actually be around people and like play games with people. So she and I started up Luigi's Mansion 3 again and finally beat it. Like we beat the story. We got through all of the uh, floors on the in the hotel. And uh, the only thing we have to do now is go back and forth and get the like booze and collect all the gems and extra stuff in it. Um we really loved this game. You never went back to it, did you? No, I was stuck in that one spot, and then I went on to other things, and I just never went back. It's so good. Like, the game overall, like, once that, that one part is the absolute worst part of the game. Like, where you stopped, if I'd been solo, I absolutely would have stopped there. It's a garbage boss fight. Having it in co-op was great uh, to be able to move past it. But the last two floors of this game, compare, and which is where we had stopped. We had, had made sure that we, uh, we had stopped at the last two floors, and when we went back, we just had those to complete. And they were really disappointing compared to the others. It's just like there wasn't nearly as much to explore and do. They were very short and very straightforward. So we had fun with them uh, going back. But the first part of the game, the first like 13 stories are so much better than the others uh, than the last two. But such a good game. Like Playing it co-op is absolutely the way to go. Yeah, I think that's what I need to do. I need to go back and play co-op. And I've heard nothing but good things about the rest of that game. I just got stuck. I probably just need to look up a walkthrough now that more time has passed and then just push through and then maybe play it with one of my kids. That's what I did. Like, we got frustrated on that boss. We actually couldn't figure out how to beat it, even with two of us. Looked it up in a walkthrough. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. Oh, that's still really hard to do, but it's impossible with one person, at least for us and how good we are at the game. So we were just like, yeah, let's look this up and do it, but totally worth going back to especially right now when you're uh, in close quarters with everybody it, it's a lot of fun to do stuff together like that that's that's kind of like what we like to do yeah that makes sense but i know you've been like reaching out to people virtually also with your activities just because you and i text and i know what you've been up to 
Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen has pretty much been the main thing. Like, every day I'm getting on, and, like, my lunch break, like, during lunchtime, I guess I should say, and... Um, at night, a lot of times I'll get on and run a dungeon or something with Austin, get some uh, the duties done so that he can move up into the into the new content easier because he's playing a bard and DPS queues are insanely long. And since I've been wanting to level up my white mage anyway, it's a good way for me to get quick queues and get experience on that job and move up too. So it really works out for both of us. And also because holy cow, MMOs are a lot more fun with other people. Like having somebody to talk to and uh, just do stuff with is so much better than trying to do it solo. And I kind of forgotten that because it's so easy to solo in Final Fantasy fourteen, except for just and then you have the random duties. It is so much better with people. Like having just one person in there is so much nicer. Yeah, and I mean MMOs are a good way to connect right now when you can't go and actually like hang out with people. Um, you can yep. virtually hang out with people. Yeah, and I mean it really, really helps. Like it has been great just for me whenever I'm because I'm playing Final Fantasy ten as well, and it's solo and so i'm still sitting with my switch in front of my face playing it um like even hiding from my wife like that where it's not even in a negative way it's just i'm sitting on the couch with a switch in my face so having final fantasy 14 makes me kind of uh speak to other people and actually talk person to person with somebody yeah that's a good thing right now yeah um then there's mario kart like my nephew got surprised with mario kart last night his mom bought the eShop version of it uh, the digital version and surprised him just by playing it when he walked into the room like she was doing a race and so it was a great way to surprise him that he got it that they got it and uh they're setting up multiplayer so we're going to probably do that today or tonight um we did Mario Party when we had Jennifer and I had uh, I think it was him over uh, right before the quarantine stuff started, like the the day of or the day before when everybody like really had to hunker down. It was uh, it was us playing Mario Party, and uh, so it's it's been great. And Mario Kart Tour actually has the new multiplayer mode in it. Like it has open to everybody multiplayer, which is legit multiplayer like you were wanting. And you can set up rooms with people. So if you have friends list or anything like that, any people on your friends, you can do multiplayer races on your phone with that game. And it's a lot of fun. Like Jennifer and I just sat on the couch holding our phones, playing Mario Kart with each other, like screaming at each other like you do in Mario Kart. Uh, but you can now do that just with the app so it may be something to go back to if you want to interact with other people that way as well because there's nothing that brings people together like mario kart it, it fosters harmony and uh, no discord whatsoever that's cool i mean i'm glad that they finally have like true multiplayer in the phone one yeah. i just you know i went back even after you and i talked a couple times and i tried it again i just do not like the controls of the mobile one but mario kart overall is totally it's such a good game to play right now right especially if you have it on yeah. the switch or the wii u or like literally any mario kart back to the first one but yeah mario kart's always a great game to have around and to play with people you know especially locally but even now online if you're looking to just connect with people because you feel disconnected it's a good way to just yell at people and like be together <laughs> yeah exactly and it's always a fun yell like it's very rarely in my experience an angry yelling at yes, other people good point. it always has a laugh with it it, you're all you may be like swearing at the other person but you're laughing when you do it for sure and and uh one of the things like talking about mario kart all the way back to the beginning is so if you have nintendo switch online you can go play the original mario kart online you have it in the super nintendo stuff and the snes 
So you can both play online and locally with that one if you don't have Mario Kart 8 or uh, anything along the the newer ones that you uh, have to actually pay for, like, full price. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's that's a lot of fun. Um, And I'll give you credit. Like, I have been actually enjoying Final Fantasy X more than I thought. Hey, Final Fantasy X is great. Like, I know it's one of your favorite ones, and it's where you tell people to start in with the series. And I remember going on the Vita and playing it uh, where I just couldn't get into it. It was so slow, and I just could not, could not get myself to play through it. And whenever I bought it on the Switch this last week, I I got it for like $7 uh, while they had the Square Enix sale and the credits that I had. I decided I wanted to play it again, and I wanted to see that story. And it's not nearly as slow as I remembered it being. So I'm really invested in the story right now because all I remember are the big pieces of it. I remember the set pieces and the major plot points, but all of this stuff in between, the character interactions, the the ways that the world connects, I don't remember any of that because the last time that I went through the actual story of this was when it was brand new. Like I did other stuff over the years like doing some of the extras and playing uh 10 and then just going and collecting and grinding some for a few years after that but i haven't actually experienced this story in 19 years so it's interesting for me to go back and see the stuff i both remember and that is uh brand new to me because my memory is completely gone of it that's really cool i'm glad that you like it um yeah i always recommend that as a really good place to start final fantasy and I I love the battle system in it because yeah um I don't think it's the best in the series but I think it's one of the ones that's the easiest to like get your head around and onboard people with because it's truly turn based and a lot of the yeah. other ones they have like active time battle or they have semi turn based but it kind of depends on this or that or there's another tweak to it and this one it's like you take a turn and when it's your turn you have as much time in the world to think about it as you want and then you can see whose turns are coming up because it's very easily displayed so it's a good one to like get your head around all that kind of stuff yeah and then you can swap characters in and out of battle whenever you want like i really like being able to in a turn-based rpg like it was the same in dragon quest 11 as well where whoever you want in your party you can put in in mid-battle you don't have to go through party management and assume that somebody's going to be lower level than other people because you can level them up at any point just by pulling them into the party and it's great where i'm just like i'm tired of looking at titus do this i'm going to pull an Auron or something like that it's it's a lot of fun and i've grown as a person because i like waka now like he does not annoy me i like the character now like i used to despise him like really truly despise him uh like i hated him so much and now i'm like oh you're i like you i see why you're talking like this and why you're acting like this you're not annoying you're sad and uh it was like i'm a i'm an adult now and it's strange to me welcome to adulthood yeah i know right Um, yeah but yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been doing, just co-op stuff, online stuff, and then uh, hunkering down with Final Fantasy X a lot. That's not a bad thing. I mean, speaking of, you know, you, you've been doing a couple of Final Fantasies, this kind of like, you know, social isolation, isolation, being in, you know, working from home, it's got me thinking about, I'm contemplating, I should put it that way. I'm contemplating going back and doing a replay through of the Final Fantasy series. I'm not committing to it, but it was one of the things that the first time I did a playthrough, which I know I've mentioned, but it's probably been a while since I mentioned it. So if you guys don't right. know, in I think it was like 2010-ish, 
um, I started this project where I was like, I'm going to play through every single Final Fantasy game in order and see what I what I come up with out of that. And at that point, I had only really played Final Fantasy 7 and above, um, and it would have been like 7 through 10. Um, I never played 11 because it's an MMO, so I don't count it. Um, and I hadn't played 14 at that point either, and 15 didn't exist. So it was kind of like I had played 7 through 13, um, and then all of the early ones were just a mystery to me. So I went back right. to the first one, and I played through all of them in order. And it was super interesting to see this series that I love and like how it evolved over time and how it changed. And it gave me such a big appreciation for the series. And it's just, it, I don't know, I, I just like the series so much more to see these like through lines and to see where things evolved from or where they started or the things that have been there from the very beginning. Um, and I just, I love Final Fantasy so much. It's like one of my all-time favorite video game series at this point. So I, I want to do it again. I want to go back and replay through. I just don't know when, but I get, I'm starting to get the, like the itch for it, you know? And I want you to do it because I want you to blog about it on the side. Like, I really want you to put out another of your Final Fantasy projects like you did way back then. You had blogged all about it. And I want to see the comparison of that series playthrough to now how you have changed as a gamer and what you think about it compared to then well and i've also had 10 more years of writing experience so i bet my blog posts would be better yeah probably so i mean i hate going back and looking at blogs i wrote 10 years ago like they are they are painful yeah i mean it got us to where we are now i mean that's one of those things that just being a writer you look at and be like oh that stuff's terrible i wish i'd never published that but that's that's what got you to where you learned how to do it y'all so so don't don't be embarrassed of it just be like oh i'm better now this is what i learned from that and uh, that's why i want to see the extra or not the extra blogs but newer ones from you to see where you stand just in that realm too i will do it i'm just not committing to a time frame but it is something that will happen um and then outside of like thinking about that and seriously thinking about it for the first time in a while um I've been reading a lot more. I haven't been saying every week on the podcast what I'm reading because I'm actually reading a lot more. And I'm I'm finding that as long as I don't feel like a book has to be completely amazing five star, I'm more willing to just kind of like churn through a lot more reading, which is probably a good thing for me. So I'm yeah. I'm running into a lot that I'm like, oh, that was okay. Or this is pretty good. Um, you know, but there's not a lot where I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So I've been trying to hold back, you know, when we do our weekly geekery and only talk about the ones that I really, really like that I would give like a five star rating. And so I finished one of those this week. So I wanted to highlight it. Um, it's called The Ride of a Lifetime Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And it's by Bob Iger. It's it's so good. And it's so it's an interesting look behind the scenes at Disney and kind of ABC when he was there also before they were acquired by Disney. Um, But beyond that, it's also just as a manager in a company. It's such an interesting book to read through and kind of be like, oh, I see how these things apply directly to my day to day life in what I'm doing in my job. So it right. was it was two sides of it. It's like a super interesting company and it's an interesting story that of what he's gone through. And then also it's, hey, there's a bunch of management tips in here that I'm like nodding along <laughs> to like, oh, I do that. Or, oh, hey, that's a great idea. 
And those are the kind of books that I really, really like getting into, where it's not so much professional development. It's not something that I'm reading to become better at my job or become better even at a hobby. But it's an interesting story that I can then apply something from it like like that. Like, oh, that's a really good idea. I should think about that. I like ideas coming from just around and absorbing them as opposed to going out like, okay, now I'm going to read a management book because it's yeah. a completely different way of absorbing that information and it makes a big difference for me being able to apply it well and he started out as like a pa on a news show or on like a tv show and that's basically where i started my career too so i see a lot of similarities on the trajectory i mean i'm not going to be ceo of the disney company and i'm okay with that but there are (laughs) there are definitely other similarities in there between like his production career and then he made a switch to management and then all these things over time so it's a really really good book um again if you like disney at all and you want to see behind the scenes or if you want an interesting story that you can get some like management stuff out of it's not a management book it's not like you were saying right like that's not the point of the book but there are things in there that you can get out of it and i want to read that now like the the thought of just that book itself like i love looks at behind i love looks behind the scenes like that to see where it started where it's if, it sounds like it's a memoir. Like, is it written like memoir? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be like a full biography or anything, but it's definitely because right. a memoir is like a certain period of time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not fully about his life during that time, but it's you know focused around his business life over the course of you know probably forty years. Um, so yeah, it's definitely kind of in that vein. Yeah, see, that's the kind of I love reading. Memoirs are really, really uh, interesting genre for me. So that sounds like something I could totally, totally listen to, especially. I could also see myself just re- sitting down and reading this one in hardcover. Yeah, I read parts of it and I listened to parts of it, and both of them were great. I think listening might have actually been better, but they were both good. This kind of book usually translates into audio better for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So that's, like I said, that's one of the few books that I would give like five stars um, that I've read this year. So I had to highlight that. And then I've been playing some board games with my kids. I know I've talked about a lot of them on here in past weeks, but one I don't think I've mentioned on this podcast yet is My Little Scythe. Have you ever played Scythe or looked at My Little Scythe? I have seen the pictures that you sent me when you were playing it, but I've not played either of them. Okay, so scythe is it's a good game and it's fun but the few times that i've gotten to play it it goes on for a really long time um it's a long game and it's one where it's not quite a a straight up euro game where you're trying to make an engine and just optimize it although there's a little bit of that um a lot of it is reacting to what's in front of you and what's on the board and like your character and the board state and stuff like that um and it's fascinating because there's like eight different tracks that you can do things on and if you do enough on it then you get essentially like a point and then if you get enough points then you just win the game so somebody could go for one entire strategy that's different completely from someone else who's playing on the same board um there's just like all these different things where it's almost like you're working towards achievements and as soon as you have a certain amount of achievements regardless of what they were you win the game um Hmm. And that's kind of the general structure of Scythe. It's a lot more complicated than that, but I'm trying to simplify it. And the thing about it is I like Scythe, but every time I sat down to play it, it probably was like three to four hour game. Um, Yeah. And and I like the itch that it scratches, but I just don't like committing that much time to a board game. I get antsy after a couple hours sitting down for a board game. And um, my little Scythe is like the kid's version of it. And it is so good. I love this game. I've been playing it with my kids 
it will scratch the exact same itch as scythe but you can play it in like 45 minutes tops it's amazing does it really simplify a lot of the rules and things like that in it? Because I it know does. some of the some of the like kids versions become not even like they become a uh, they honestly feel like a dumbed down version. Like the Ticket to Ride uh, was it my first journey or something like that feels way too simple compared to the the actual board game, which is already pretty easy to pick up. But uh, how does this one compare in terms of mechanics like that? Does it seem too simple almost? No, it feels it's definitely more simple, but it's not too simple. It doesn't feel dumbed down. It just feels more approachable, you know, and it's almost like this is a really good base game. And then Scythe is like expanded concepts on top of it instead of a lot of the other games that you're talking about where it's like they have a good base game and then they have to dumb it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Where this is something like if because Euro games can be kind of intimidating to get the hang of, like this kind of seems like something that would be an intro to those mechanics and engine building and then move into a full fledged one. Yeah, it's it's really good. So I like my little scythe. I can highly recommend it if you're into that type of game. You could watch like a five minute video and get an idea of what kind of game it is. It's pretty cool. Um And then I've been doing a lot of exercise, just like I have this just nervous, anxious energy because of the world at the moment. And (laughs) I'm not someone who suffers from a lot of anxiety. Like, you know, it's not something that I I have a huge problem with, but I definitely just like anybody, you know, you can get anxious, you can get nervous. So I've been doing a lot more exercising um, and I'm trying not to like over exercise because that's bad in its own way. But I would say that before all of these world events started happening, I was averaging maybe like one to three miles on the treadmill every day. And these days I'm going like seven to nine miles every day. And oh, wow. I feel a lot better when I do that, when I just burn off yeah. some energy and I just kind of zone out for a while. And I have done the opposite of that, where I have kind of shut down. With all of mine, where it's become almost paralyzing, where I'm trying to work through some stuff between depression and anxiety and things like that that are going on just with personal life stuff and the world going uh like going toward the apocalypse like this, it uh, has paralyzed me where I need to get to that point and work through my mind of being like, okay, you have to do something instead of just sit here and let the let the bad stuff roll over you and paralyze you. Yeah. And it's not like I'm a model of perfection or anything, right? Like I get on the treadmill and half the time I'm pulling out my phone to like look at news that makes me more anxious. But (laughs) at least I'm not sitting there with like this pit in my stomach. I'm like moving and it tricks your body into feeling like you're being productive and you're doing something, which I guess you are right. Exercise is good. Exercise is productive. It makes you healthier. Um, But at least I'm I definitely I feel that like physical burn off of anxiety that you get from exercising. And that has been just a huge help to me. I can't even express how much. And then along with that, I've also been trying to do a little bit more yoga just because I'm going longer distances. Um, So I started with doing these like cool down stretches where Mm -hmm. um, it's like a seven minute post run yoga. And then um, on the days where I go longer or a day right after I went a really long distance the day before, I've also been doing like seven minute pre-run yoga and it's just nice to just like stretch a little bit and 
do a little bit of light yoga without really committing to like, oh, I'm going to sit down and do yoga for half an hour or an hour, you know, like seven minutes. I can do that. And that's one of the things I like about yoga whenever I'm doing it really regularly is I very rarely sit down for a long period of time and do it. It's that I will throughout the day end up doing a few flows and poses and stretches where over the course of the day I might get in half an hour or an hour of doing it because I'll sit and do it to relax or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. Exercising has been great. I hope that the weather gets slightly nicer soon, even though I know we're socially isolating. You can still go outside if it's nice out. Like you're just not supposed to mingle with people. And depending on where you are, I actually heard this morning that there were some places uh, in California that were actually closing like hiking trails and parks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I guess that's a good point. It depends where you are um, and what's available. Your own yard is good, though. Go outside into your own yard and run circles around your house. Just do laps and then mow the lawn. We're not quite there in Minnesota yet. It's still brown on the ground. The grass is not green yet, but we'll get there. Ours is is growing, and I've not gotten out to to do it because this is where allergies hit, and I start getting really itchy outside. That's fair. Fair enough. Um, And then I've been playing this mobile game called Knighthood, and... As far as the mobile game goes, it's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely still a mobile game, um, but it's one that I was having fun with. It There's not a ton to it, but there's enough where I'm enjoying it. Like, I don't even know how to frame this up because mobile games, so many of them have so many similarities to them. Yeah. There's two things that I've run into a lot with mobile games is one, they just kill you with currencies, right? There's like a million Mm -hmm. different currencies that do a million different things and they overwhelm you and it like confuses your brain, but they just want you to spend money. Um, So whenever I hit that point, I bounce off a game. And then another one that I've seen is that a lot of these games that like you and I have liked over time have gotten more and more automated to the point where you're basically never incentivized to actually think you all you ever have to do is auto battle and then it's more about like the daily grind and just like booting up the game and you're like i'm gonna start this battle and then i'm gonna sit there for like five minutes and then i'm gonna hit a button mm-hmm. and start another battle and then it'll just do it on its own and it's a management game at that point yeah. you're uh it's kind of one of it's like football manager or something like that you're managing your team rather than than playing your team so what i like about knighthood is that it strikes a really good balance where it doesn't feel like just a management game. There are a couple things in there that like after you beat something once, you could go back and automate a little bit, but you, you're incentivized to like move the story and the progression forward. And every time you're going forward, you can't actually auto battle. And I like the battle system. It's a lot of like just tapping and swiping, but there's combos involved. And to actually get the combos decently well, you need to actually be like controlling it because if you auto battle, it just won't do it in a smart way. So it's, it's this really interesting incentive where it's like, yeah, if you've absolutely destroyed something and you go way back you can auto battle but if you're really like kind of where you should be with the content you're very incentivized to take over control and actually fight the battles yourself because you want to get the combos so that you get better results so okay yeah i mean i'm having a lot of fun with it i like it i don't know how long i'll last with it but if you guys are just kind of looking for new phone games new things to pick away at um knighthood is one that i recommend and it's one of those by king who also does candy crush and a million other games um Uh, okay but you know they seem to really know what they're doing when they put together their incentive models because they have all this experience and it's a pretty game i'm looking it up as you're talking about it and it does look neat and it's uh the graphic style is very stylized and it looks very different from a lot of phone games so i may have to download this one soon 
yeah, check it out and see if you like it. I'd be interested to see what you think of it. Um, and then the other thing that honestly, most of my free time, which I haven't had a lot of, I've been reacting to a lot of work things lately and I just haven't had free time. Um, even though I've been home for most of it, which is weird to feel so like full of work things, but just be in my house the whole time. Um, but between that, uh, Animal Crossing came out. And so that's kind of what I've been sneaking into all of my free time when I actually have it. And, I can't even like express how much of a godsend it was to just have Animal Crossing this weekend to get my brain <laughs> off of the world. And I I like Animal Crossing, right? I don't love Animal Crossing. I'm not one of those people that is obsessed with it or that optimizes everything or that has been looking forward to this game for three years. Like, I'm not that person. I'm someone who's right. a very, very casual fan of Animal Crossing. But right now, where we are politically and geopolitically and with the pandemic and with everything going on there is like no better game for me than animal crossing and i can't even express Hmm. like how perfect the timing of this game's release is okay so i have a question about animal crossing right yes you should buy well i've never played an animal crossing game i didn't like the mobile version of it and i know that that is a far cry from what the actual game is before you even interrupt me with that um but jennifer was looking for a new game to play to get into and really dig in i was i suggested animal crossing uh because some of her friends are have been those people who are waiting for this game for years and I don't know enough about it to really say other than like it's a life simulator. Like you go around, you set up your town and your house and you do all of this. And like we don't know enough about it, but about just in terms on how to do it. Uh, So she started Rhyme instead and has been playing through it where it's like this adventure puzzler platformer game. And she absolutely adores it. Um, But when she beats it, what do you think Animal Crossing is something that she would like based on the ones that you know that uh, that she has played in the past with uh, the indie games? Because it's I think that she might like it, but I also don't know if it's sixty dollars. She would like it, you know? Yeah, I think she might. Um, It has and these none of these is like a good one to one, but the kind of game that it is, it's kind of Stardew Valley-ish, kind of Harvest Moon, kind of a little bit Sims-y. Like you're building a house and you're like um, expanding it and filling it with things and but also none of those things. So it, it's like <laughs> it, it's if you took all of those things and then you like put the kid gloves on for them where the, none of them have bad consequences because like Stardew Valley, like if you don't do things right, like you can run into, oh, I kind of screwed myself this season. I have to wait for next season to plant right. this crop or do this thing. And the Sims, you can get yourself into bad situations where you're like, oh, I'm kind of like stuck. This is crazy. Um at Animal Crossing, that never really happens. Like, it's a consequence-free type of game that's in that vein. And it's very approachable. Like, you're never really pressured to do anything, but you can do a lot of things. And one of the things that I'm finding in this specific version of it that was one of the reasons I bounced off other versions is that it gives you all of these... Um, essentially like achievements they're in-game achievements you know because nintendo never like does it on a system level but it gives you all of these different ideas to do and if you do them you like get points then you can spend the points on things so for me that's been a huge thing where i'm like oh what do i want to do right now and i open it up and i go and i look at they're called nook miles um so you go look at your like (laughs) nook miles achievements and then i'm like oh i'm gonna pick away at this or i'm gonna pick away at that thing and um the other thing is that this is the best they've ever done with co-op 
like this has been my lifeline to a bunch of my friends right now where you're playing final oh, fantasy 14 yeah. i've been playing animal crossing and i've just like if i'm on at night and i know other people are on i'll just throw open my gates and then say any friend on my list can come in and i've had so many people just like come in and check it out and say like hi <laughs> and drop off a thing and then you can go and visit other friends too um there was a day where i was going to jump into one of my friends villages towns islands they're islands in this game and he had like 10 people there already or eight people whatever the max huh. was and i was like wow and i looked at who it was and i was like oh i know all these people because i'm in a slack channel with all of them um <laughs> so it, it's that kind of thing like people are being social in there right now because it's this low stakes very friendly very approachable way that you can make progress and the world is very simple and fun and nice but you can also get together with your friends so so it's been when you awesome. say it's co-op so when you say it's co-op and you're going in with all these people i'm assuming that you can't really talk to them like with the, the way that you do in an mmo because you're not typing in and stuff i'm assuming there are like emotes and predetermined things that you can say no you can and then just interacting with the world you can type so you can type oh, to can them you? also um a lot of people I know is just like, let's just jump on Discord or TeamSpeak or, right. um, my, I mean, my mom is playing this game. My brother's playing this game. Both of my kids are playing this game. So there are mm-hmm. nights where we're all on like FaceTime together and we've just been talking and, you know, we're all like, oh, okay, we're going to go visit, um, you know, my mom's island and we all go over there, that kind of thing. So it's really cool. And everybody can kind of do their own thing or they can come together. But yeah, I mean, you're all just there's no huge like driving objective that you're working towards. So there's no pressure. It's really just like go somewhere nice and hang out for a while. Mm. Um, The one thing that I would caution you against, if you have, if you and her are thinking about getting the game, really think about who you want to be like the first player that goes into the game, because only the first player on each switch that starts a game is able to really advance like the main things in the Island that make progress. So, And it's stuff like, um, you know, you have to do a couple things. None of it, none of it is huge work, but it's like, if you think that you are casually going to play for like five minutes here and there, but Jennifer might sit down and play it for like an hour each night, make sure that she's the first one that creates a character on the Island because then she can kind of like drive the progress of it. And okay. So it's like, you don't have your own, you don't have your own Island per account. You have an Island per switch per switch. Yeah. I don't know why Hmm. Nintendo did it that way, but they did. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm... Huh. So, like, I have my own island, and then my kids have their own Switch, so they have one island between the two of them. But they knew that my daughter was going to play more, so she's been the first player because she keeps making progress and, like, opening up new things on the island, essentially. Now I'm really curious, because I don't know if I buy it, who would that actually be? Yeah, you might want to think about it. Um, But the other thing is, if you do have multiple people on it, you can, like, take off the Joy-Cons and you can play together on the same screen. Really? Yeah. So it is huh. multiplayer. Like you could do stuff together. I didn't know that. I thought it would was like Snack World where you had to have different copies of the game and switches no. to be able to play together locally. No, locally you don't have to. Um and there's a lot of options, right? Like my kids have their own switch. I have mine. Like they've come into the room and they're like, Oh, let's do local play. And then we just connect wirelessly over like the yeah. local network that the switches do on their own. Um, and then there are other days where it's like, Oh, you know, um, we all want to jump into like my brother's Island. So then we all jump online. Um, even though the three of us are in the same house and go play with him. So there's okay. options, but like 
this has been like i said it's like the saving grace of the last week for me is to just have animal crossing and it's like the world is simple and it makes sense and it's obvious what to do to make progress and there's no pressure to do anything it's like animal crossing is great right now that sounds really cool it uh it makes me think that I might break quarantine and go to Walmart and buy it. <laughs> Maybe. And I mean, so Tom Nook, everybody always likes to kid about him being this like slumlord who gets you, mm -hmm. you know, he like puts you into debt. And he does because that's what he does in these games. He's like, <laughs> oh, let me give you a bigger house. And then he does. And then he's like, OK, that'll be 100,000 bells. Bells are the in-game currency. Right. Yeah. Um, or that'll be a million bells. And you're like, what? But the thing is that, I mean. That's true, so I'm not denying that. But Tom Nook gives you a zero-interest loan with no payback timing. So uh, if Tom Nook wants to put me into debt at 0% interest, I will take that. Like, I wish my house in real life had 0% interest with no payment schedule. Like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Like, I've been looking at refinancing the mortgage at this point with the Fed lowering interest rates and uh, looking at re, uh, refinancing it to a 15-year mortgage. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I, how low my interest rate could get when you put when you put this in the notes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> you should. Look at Nook Lending. Oh, man, I, I wish will. it was real. I'll, man, that would be great. <laughs> no payback schedule would be awesome. I would be so interested to see what you and her think of Animal Crossing. Like, I'm I would be endlessly fascinating. Now. The way that you put it there, I could see myself liking it. I've seen some people on Facebook in different, uh, in different role-playing groups talk about how they like Dragon Quest Builders better because it's a little more interactive. But as much as I like that game, I could really see myself maybe getting into this one. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing with Animal Crossing that to keep in mind that's different from a lot of other games is that it's in real time. So... right. You, it's not like a Harvest Moon or a Stardew Valley or The Sims where, okay, let me go to the next day. Or how do I advance the day? I want to do the next thing. It's right. like you go, you play for a little bit, and then you're like, huh, I'm kind of out of things to do for the day. And then you close it down, and then you go back the next day instead. Like in real life, your next day, after yeah. you as a person have physically slept and woken back up. Um, it, one of our friends in one of my slacks was like, how do I advance the day in this game? And people were just like, oh, man, God, you, you just got to wait. And he's like, okay, how long do I wait? We're like, no, it, tomorrow, like actual real life tomorrow. So, and I've seen articles talking about time travel where you reset the clock on your system to get to different people. points. And like I've seen some stuff that people may be getting banned from Nintendo Online for doing that. Yeah, that used to be a trick in like the GameCube days. Um, I wouldn't do that, though. That's not how the game is meant to be played yeah that's that is like you said that is hardcore like that's somebody who is really wanting some uh, milestones in animal crossing and uh really really wants to put like quote unquote time into it yeah absolutely oh okay um that's probably it for this week uh you guys you can always support the podcast on patreon patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and don't forget the network. There's lots of things on the network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all of it at geek2geekmedia.com. Um, and we'll be back next week with something else while we're all cooped up. We'll figure it out. Uh, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack, Discord, and Reddit, so you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for the invite links, and while you're there, like you said, make sure that you check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, you can find me at grnmushroom, that's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. 
I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast where we talk about the Dragon Quest series of RPGs. <laughs> We've been Void and Beege with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. <laughs> Bye, geeks. Bye, geeks.